Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. New York City's in a long and tumultuous season. You're going to go through a lot of emotions. Tonight's emotion... Gratitude. Let's talk about why. Samuel, we breathed a lot of fire the last episode. We, we, we had a lot of things to say. Um, Tonight we saw our Brooklyn Nets uh, completely ramshackle, completely, completely uh, uh, dehumanize and 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 slaughter the Utah Jazz, a, a big physical team. But the most important thing wasn't the way we did it. it wasn't the ruthless way we just went in there and just lobotomize them the beautiful thing was they saw a problem they read my tweets and they fixed it (laughs) am i reading that wrong sam (laughs) i mean the biggest honestly the biggest takeaway from this game beyond anything that actually happened in the game was that nets twitter definitely feels like they got a big win because a lot of their uh a lot of their prayers were answered with this game. The 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 Bruce Brown starting, the Jared Allen starting, the team playing more physical. It was basically like they were reading uh, Nets Twitter. It's like Steve Nash and Sean Marks basically had read Nets, Nets Twitter over the last 48 hours and were like, all right, these guys are actually onto something. You know, before I go on my diatribe, um, you know, why don't you tell us what we saw different? Why don't you uh, draw a picture uh, for us of, of – what they did different tonight besides like the you know besides the changes give us a, a thesis on on how they uh corrected themselves this evening so look i actually thought I, i'm i'm actually going to take start by taking a little bit of a pessimistic mm-hmm. angle which is that i actually thought even though they started really well score wise i actually thought they weren't actually playing that well I thought there were like a ton of wide open threes. I thought they got lucky on some of the roles they got, specifically Kyrie's two threes. So I was a little worried when they were up twenty to four that it wasn't really a sixteen point difference. Right. But they really, but they, but they honestly just really kept it up, and that's what actually matters. We've seen them kind of go in and out the way we see kind of the post mortem championship teams kind of do, where they get kind of lazy, and the Nets obviously haven't earned that that right to be lazy, and. They just kept fighting. I mean, Jared Allen, totally. Uh, if I'm Jared, if I'm Jared Allen's agent, I'm like, well, Rudy Gobert just got a two hundred million dollar contract, and I just completely <laughs> outworked. They, they could have um, got him for Capella money. They're not getting him for Capella money now. Um, and, and, we'll, and we could talk a little yeah. bit more about that later. But keep going. But yeah, no, I mean, I like, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna have a lot to add as well. But I mean, honestly, I think, I think that. Uh, the only thing I want to add, which uh, about the rotation, is that we we see we saw a lot from Nets Twitter and from articles written about like does Nash know what he's doing, what's going on, and to be honest, I think, and you've definitely touched on this, I think a lot of the frustration that a lot of people have had should have been more so directed at Marks than at Nash. And Correct. what I've seen from Nash personally is he's already made two pretty big. Um, starting lineup adjustments and we're on game eight of the season. Like that's not, I mean, that's not like Kenny basically played favorites for, for, for his time with, with the Nets and basically left people in the doghouse until they basically had ripped off their, off their chains and shackles. Like, I mean, I mean, what we've seen from Nash, the introduction of TLC into the starting lineup 
which I thought was a really good change and at first started off well. And then him basically saying, like, enough of this BS. If the guys who were starting aren't going to play hard, then, like, I'm going to put in four new starters. And, like, it worked. And whether and whether it's going to continue that way, I don't know. But I do think that it says something about Nash that he, he is willing to make changes. And I think that's where you kind of get the ex-player feel where he just kind of knows, like, this team needed something. And, and he did it. But, uh, but what did you say? I mean – Look, first of all, this is the first time in the Marks era that I saw a team come out and be surprised by what the Nets ran. It it, it wasn't just the, the way the roster played. It was just they were finding ways to get guys going that they haven't done in a while. It was obvious they had a practice. It was obvious they had a film session. They changed a lot. But you'll hear me say this a lot. And, I, again, I hate I hate that this has become the we need a power forward show. We, I, There's so much more, so much more nuance to the game than probably, for me, probably the least important position on the floor um, in modern basketball. But at the same time, it's it's the most important position when you have all of the components that the Nets have, the Nets need to be able to have nights that they miss. The Nets need to be able to have nights where they just play physical. And um, tonight you saw a little bit of what Jared Allen could look like if he plays with a competent four, if he actually has a front court partner. Now, when the game first started, I didn't see the lineup. Um, You know, I went straight off my DVR. Fast forward all the pleasantries and went straight to the tip. And at first I thought, oh my God, they put Torian Prince back in at power forward. But they didn't. They put Jeff Green there. And Jeff Green, it's not like he had a crazy night. He didn't even play that many minutes considering, you know, they pulled the plug on the game pretty early. You know, two points, five rebounds. That's that's not going to be good enough. But just that physical presence... Just that other body there that comes in on the weak side and helps, it springs Jared Allen. Jared Allen gave you 19 points, 18 rebounds in 31 minutes. He's only 22 years old. That kid could play 38 minutes a night for you if you wanted him to, and you need him to. You like I, I, I don't know what goggles they've been looking at. Um, um, maybe uh, Kevin Durant tinted goggles, and uh, and another thing. Uh, let me let me take that back. We don't know, and it's not fair for us to 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 guess that Kevin Durant is the reason why um um uh, uh DeAndre Jordan was starting. It was I I don't see any evidence of the fact that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving wanted, and that's what they and that's what they did. I really believe that the Nets organization thought Jarrett was soft. And for me, I think that's such a wrong-headed viewpoint of, of, of Jarrett Allen because toughness in a kid isn't measured by if a center clears him, if a, if a, a center that's maybe almost 100 pounds more than him clears him out or cleans his clock. Toughness for the, to show a kid's toughness it's not that he shows his tattoos, throws a bunch of gang signs, screams and 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 yells and and does all this performative bullshit in front of the camera. Toughness is that that kid will take a forearm in the face from a player that's a hundred pounds more than him and get back up, and never yep. ask to be taken out the game, and go right back and 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 do everything he can to defend that bigger more mature, five years older, six years older, eight years older. This kid came into this league a teenager and never once showed signs of backing down. He just quietly went behind about his business. And because we can't fetishize him the way that we, we do most black athletes in America as some, as some human fast twitch muscle that just all they do is just jump and act tough. This is a great kid. And a great player. And and I will I agree with Spencer Dinwiddie. I said it before Spencer Din- Dinwiddie. This kid will be a top five center in this league because 
He does the things that you most value a center to do. You want a center to change a center to change shots, right? Run the floor, protect the rim, and grab rebounds. And he's he he is the perfect lobs and dunk center. We get he gives Kyrie another d- dimension. He's he's what I like to call a reverse stretch big. And what that means is he's such a threat to just grab the ball underneath the hoop and just and just dunk it that that um you know you have to kind of slack off Kyrie and I honestly it 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 just goes to show the way they used Jared Allen the way they the way that they you know uh, made these adjustments that the Nets front off I'm assuming the Nets um coaching staff are thinking about these things and you want to know what else and I and I'll leave it at that. I'm sorry I had a lot of feelings about what happened tonight. <laughs> um another important thing about tonight was that here's a, another reason why Steve Nash is a great hire. Steve Nash is a guy Sean Marks respects. He's a former player too. And because he was a former player, that was his team leader. That was his guy um or the guy in in, in at, when he played on the Phoenix Suns. So not only are they really close people, you know, to they've said it themselves that, you know, some of the closest people they are and, uh, you know, it's, it's a shock that Lloyd Price is not on this team, but he, he's got a head coaching job. But he, he probably would have worked with Nash as well. These guys are super close. They're great friends. And he's could do something that Atkinson can't do. Atkinson can't go to can't go to Sean Marks and say, "Nah, man, I'm not doing this. This is this small ball crap is is nonsense, and I'm not sticking Torian. I'm not playing Torian Prince like that. I'm not forcing these these three point shooters on onto the floor. He can actually go to Sean Marks and change it. So, I'm I'm happy to see. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Green, given give uh maybe the best front court partner that uh that in, in terms of defense, I'm not saying Jeff Green is better than Kevin Durant. We'll we'll get to that part after, but I'm saying that Jeff Green fits the profile of what you want as a power forward, a large wing. Power forwards are no longer post players; they don't have to be. If you're looking at the Knicks' success, it's all on the back of Julius Randle. If you're looking at Giannis, if you're looking at um, uh, Ben Simmons, he's 6'10". He's a 6'10 point guard. You know, Jonathan Isaacs, he's hurt. But you're talking about a mobile big that can do everything that, that a small forward can do. This is a new, evolved league. You can't combat that player with Joe Harris. So, I'm glad for the changes. I'm glad that we have a coach that can go to the to the GM and be like, "Listen, dude, this is not working," and I'm and we're getting our ass kicked out there. And 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 to do it against a good team was important. Let's let's talk about a little bit about the bad. Um, it just goes to show what we always say on the front office. Damn it, if the Nets had a competent power forward how much better would they be and tonight we didn't have a competent power forward he wasn't a great he didn't he didn't play a, 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 a you know he didn't do that well right he he, he didn't change our minds on, on on where we are with them right but what we did do what we did see is that if you just put someone kind of big next to Jared Allen he doesn't have to guard two people in in, in the post you know Talk talk to me a little bit about even though if you look at the what they gave us Torian Prince and Jeff Green, you know, let's talk about their influence on the game before we get to Kyrie. So I thought I so I honestly I thought Prince was awesome on on D. I mean, um, I I mean I thought that Green Green's defense to me didn't stick out nearly as much, but I thought Prince was excellent at guarding i mean mostly 
uh, guards, which I think goes to your point that he's really not a stretch four and shouldn't be playing against bigs. Um, like I thought he played, I thought the way he played Mitchell and Conley on all their drives were great. And I actually thought Mitchell got a ton of superstar calls that I don't think he deserves yet. And I don't think were fouls. And I found them to be particularly frustrating. Um, especially because Prince is the type of guy that actually could use a boost and <laughs> the, the random foul call doesn't help his momentum. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, in terms, I mean, I don't think Green's D in particular stood out to me, but he does have what, what you've said on a lot of these podcasts, which is that he has kind of the, he has kind of the old man strength and he knows what to do because he's smart and he's crafty. And I do think that he, it, it does help with, uh, with Allen having, having another, bo- another stronger body there. Um, but I mean, look, overall, I thought, I think, I think the Nets do a really good job sticking with, um, guys when they have the ball i think their issue on defense mostly is different rotations leading to threes when when teams are passing uh uh back and forth back and forth that's where i think they get lost and that's where i think you see a lot of wide open shots but in terms of guys who can just play on the ball i actually think that they're they're pretty long and they're pretty quick they just lack obvious brute force and they and the rotations are slow because i think they don't totally know each other's tendencies yet I don't think that that's not what I've seen. I'm in in the sense of, I've just seen big athletes just overpower them. The DeAndre Hunters, the the Collins, you know, not to not to keep getting um Atlanta flashbacks, but though they're a, you know they're kind of like a bellwether of where the league is going. You're going to see a lot of teams like that. But Torian Prince was excellent on defense. Did an amazing job on 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 Bogdanovich, who was his man. You know, Bogdanovich ended up tonight two of seven, shooting twenty eight percent. He he had a horrible night, and uh, Royce O'Neal had a better night than him. So so I think I think your uh, the the stats agree with your eye test. Um, my thing is a better team <laughs> is is you know this is not going to work on a better team, but it, it I, I what I did see was. When the Nets have those two guys in, and if you swap, you know, Torian Prince for for Kevin Durant, um, it, it should look a whole lot better. But they could, they just seem to be able to gunk up the works a little bit more. It seemed like with Jeff Green out there, it let it let Jaron Allen focus on the center and focus on the driver instead of having to basically have one foot um, in the paint. Uh, trying to wait and see if anyone's going to come into the lane and then have another foot kind of out the paint looking and, um, you know, to to come on the weak side as well. So, you know, usually Jared Allen is kind of like on a on an island by himself. Um, and he's not Daryl Reeves, so uh, <laughs> I don't think that's healthy in this in this <laughs> NBA. But what Jeff Green gave you was... He gave you the ability to gunk up the works. He gave you the ability to just make things a, a little messy. But I, I agree with you, and the numbers agree with you, that Torian Prince looked a little bit better on defense. Now, let's talk Let's talk um, Bruce Brown, right? Uh, I Again, I don't think he had, like, you know, a tremendous game. He was sneaky. Yeah. Nobody, nobody knew what he would do, but again... Again, he he was he was there. He having Bruce Brown on the floor allowed them to gunk up the works. And you need a guy that's going to do that. That's going to just be an energy guy that just runs around, just creates a disturbance, and and it makes it where Kyrie doesn't have to do that. Tonight we yeah. just saw what we want Kyrie to do. Talk talk yeah. to me about it, partner. Yeah, I mean, look, like the way that I view like the Bruce Brown types is like, look, him and. Him and TLC are around a similar size, but kind of bring different things that a, a little bit different things to the position. TLC's got a little bit more finesse. You trust his shot a little bit more, but Brown has a little bit, as we saw today, like with his first basket, he's got more explosiveness and pop going to the rim, um, and and also is tougher. But TLC and and they both can do the full core press, which I think is super helpful, and I'm a big fan of that because I think it does tire out the best ball handler on the other team. And I think, and I, to me, I view the TLC Bruce Brown thing as kind of like it. 
it, it's almost like a fourth or fifth starter on, on a team. It's like if you can get out, if you can get like a quality start of like five innings, two runs or six innings, three runs or whatever from them, mm-hmm. then you're doing then you're then you're doing well. And I don't think Nets fans should expect a ton out of them. But I do think they can be valuable if they're playing if they're playing well. But it does seem like there's going to be a little bit of a of a hot hand thing going. But I think I think it would be dramatic for Nets fans to take away too much out of his game today. Mm-hmm. And I think it also wouldn't be fair to say, oh, he sucked. He didn't have 20 points when it's like, okay, well, that's not really what we're – that's not what we're expecting from this guy. No, nah, man. He gave us six rebounds tonight, got got six little crafty points, gave us six rebounds tonight, five assists. I mean, anybody who passed the ball to Kyrie was getting an assist tonight. And and he was three of shot, five shooting. That's what we want from, from Bruce Brown. Not We don't want anything crazy. We want players on the floor that allow – the best players to be their best versions of themselves, right? You, if you have Bruce Brown on the floor, you don't have Kyrie under the rim trying to trying to grab rebounds. If you have uh, uh, Jeff Green on the floor, you don't have K- Kevin Durant getting you know bodied by by um, John Collins. Oh, you know you you, you understand? It allows those superstars to just focus and and not that they won't play defense they will but it allows those superstars to go out and just be the best versions of what they do well um you know it it would be the equivalent to me um I would use this analogy that if you had Ben Wallace and you played him at point guard playing having Kevin Durant and having him play power forward and and guard power forwards and be you know, not that he's a, a bad defender. He's a great defender. He, I'm not, let me not say great. Not like he's a he's a very good defender, but he's a better defender when he's not the main defender. When he has a Iguodala around him, when he has a, a DeAndre, I mean, um, a Draymond Green around him, a Clay Thompson. He Kevin Durant has been pretty spoiled his whole career of having some elite defenders around him. He doesn't have that luxury now. However, if you put in a Jeff Green, if you put in a Bruce Brown, you're putting in the type of guys who will allow Kevin Durant to be the very best Kevin Durant. And, and uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this, uh, his uh, COVID thing and the games coming up and how that's going to affect us. We can kind of take a little sneak peek uh, into the future of, of what we got going. Now... Um, Karis LeVert, he's been, he's been having a few rough games recently. Yep. Had a pretty good game tonight. Yeah. 24 points, only got one rebound, which, you know, that's fine. But he got 24 points in 21 minutes. Uh, his shooting was where we would like it to be on a nightly basis. And and it doesn't even have to be this high, but he shot 50%, nine of 18, he looked more comfortable with Joe next to him, but I, I, I think that was more indicative of a game that kind of got out of the, you know, even before he got into the game, the game was kind of out of hand. Uh, talk to me about what you saw from Karras tonight. Yeah, so it's it's funny. I um, So I tweeted at the, uh, at the start of the game, his first shot was one of these like long contested twos. And I said that he was getting a little bit of the, year two Jason Tatum-itis where like you're, you're trying to kind of you're trying to do the step back like Kobe moves that are just not effective and that no one can do as well as he could a little bit for his britches yep and like and and Karras's bread and butter is is much more when he either he either takes a three which he's gotten way better at or he does the penetration has he, and then eventually elevates and creates enough um, separation and can hang in the air enough where he actually gets a good look. But what he's not good is when he kind of takes the shot that I'm sure you remember is kind of the shot that he took at the end of the Trailblazers game in the bubble, which is the like look at the shot clock, let the shot clock run down, and then take a long, a long two without any hesitations or anything like oh, that. That's just yeah. not his. It's not his game. It's not most guys' games. Like it's of people who are playing right now. It's basically what like DeRozan can do, and like Hard and Harden Luca have their have their own way of doing it. But like that's not him. And when he 
And, and, and I also think it's not him because I think it also kind of takes him out of it takes him out of the flow of the game. Like Harris is always active. He's like he's a good cutter. And I think when he tries to play more of this one on one style, he kind of loses even his own flow of it. Um, so I was super happy to see that the way he played today. And, and, it, and it looked like it was becoming fun again. He was pressing a little bit early and missed his first couple. And then he started feeling it. And I honestly think it would be smart given that. Lavert seems like someone who gets a little bit in his head as it comes to his shot. I think they should just honestly try to set him up early for what you do. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, like he. There's two things about about his game uh, today. One, he was he absolutely. I couldn't say better than you did. He took this game and was basically like, "This is this is where the superstar steps up. I'm the best." Uh, little technical difficulties, everyone. My mic was out. Had to sort that out. But uh, my mic went out when I was talking about probably the most important part of this game, which was Kyrie Irving. I mean, his numbers were, weren't, were you know, oh, my God, he had the Kobe 60-point game or the, the, the you know, the, the Carmelo in the Garden you know, double nickel or, or or anything like that. He he basically went out and gave the team uh, a standard. And I, I couldn't be more proud of this guy and proud to have him on my team and have him represent us because he said what the Nets are about, and he said it with his play, which is the most important thing because, you know, Kyrie could pop shit with the best of them. But he said it with his play that this is what we're about. We're winners. That the Brooklyn Nets and my team are winners, and we weren't gonna go out like dogs, uh, uh, you know, for the world to see. We weren't gonna be. He, he wasn't. I've never seen this Kyrie in Boston. He never had to be this guy in 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 Cleveland, and for him to take so much ownership. And basically go out there, start the game eight for eight, grab the opponent by their jugular, and basically, you know, uh, uh, you know, take take the game, um, you know, by the scruff of its neck. That's an old dad saying right there. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like he he just imposed himself in a way that you need, and it reminded me of. The Detroit Pistons, um, Isaiah Thomas, that guy, you know, smallest guy on the court, but his identity was the Detroit Pistons bad boy identity. I remember being in junior high school and just thinking, this dude is just incredible. Not, I, 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 that just goes to show how different those times was. We wondered if Michael Jordan could ever take the game over from him. We all thought he could. But you had to guess because that guy was just so much influential, so influential on the ball. Just such a, just, you know, I'm I'm just talking about controlling the game. He came out there and controlled the game in a way that only superstars do. And, and, and Kyrie uh, earned his position and earned his role. I, 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 I can't, I can't say enough good things. And and being that this is the second time I'm saying this, I I I probably said it with more spirit and force before. But my God, man, I'm proud of that guy. I'm proud of the player that he's becoming because this is the best Kyrie Irving I've ever seen, and what he did for the Nets tonight was was incredible. Sam, yeah, no, I mean I I echo literally everything you you said. I th- I think honestly the two most important takeaways I had from him for this game is this was a total. Um, uh, statement game for him in a lot of different senses. Like one, I think you're spot on. He basically went into the game being like, not only do we need this win, not only do we need to stop the bleeding, um, even though it's early in the season, but, but I'm also the best player in this game right now. Uh, like um, I'm talking him versus the jazz. And he was like, I don't care. They have Mitchell. I don't care that they have Gobert. I don't care that they're a constant playoff team in the West. I don't care that we don't have Durant. He's like, we're winning this game and that's it. And what he basically did was exactly kind of what I 
was hoping he would also do in different games um, later in the year in terms of just saying like enough is enough. Like if we need a basket right now, I'm going to get you a basket. If we, if another team's going on a run, I'm going to stop the run. Like I'm not going to get caught in the moment. I'm not going to start to get tight because I'm Kyrie Irving and I'm one of the 10 to 12 to whatever best players uh, in the game. And one of the most like skilled players ever. Um, And the other thing that really jumped out at me beyond like him just putting his imprint on the game, the second it started was he also, he did one other thing that I loved, which is that on for every for every single great play that Karras made in the third and fourth quarter, you could see it in like kind of the upper left hand part of your screen. Kyrie was up and like beyond amped about everything that Karras was doing, and I think Karras is someone who like it's it, it, like Karras is a nice, seems like a pretty quiet, shy dude that I think is, looks up to the Kyries and KDs of this team and knows that he has the potential to be great, but isn't, but obviously isn't there yet. And I think getting that constant support from Kyrie is is is, is honestly awesome. And like you know, we both said like you know we're not going to get emotional about about this, but there is something to be said about about Kyrie and I know that he's had a lot of uh, a lot of turmoil with other teams whether that's Cleveland or Boston and to be honest I don't think any of us really know enough to really comment that much because I think it, he's also a lightning rod and people like to blame stuff on him but all I can say is like him in Brooklyn it's a a great example of what it's like when a player is finally out of in a place whether it's location culture team all the above where they're truly happy because that's what he looks like when he's playing. Like the way that people describe Steph Curry in the sense that he like brings a joy to the game and he, and he lifts his teammates up and stuff like that. Kyrie doesn't have like the totally carefree. Like you can see him get agitated. You can see him like talk to teammates and it gets a little bit more intense, but like you, you can tell watching the game that he has some backstory with the Nets that he, whether he was a fan, obviously, which he was or whatever, you can just tell that he is incredibly happy to be there. And I think you mentioned this, like this is not an attitude that we saw from him in, in uh, Boston or in Cleveland. No, this is, this, this is a different Kyrie. First of all, he's, he's grown up. I, 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 I keep saying this. I was a mess until I was 30 years old. So I, 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 and it took it took a wife and a kid to just basically be like, "Look, dude, grow up." And um, so I, I I would judge Kyrie at that on on that same measuring stick as well. Like, but I so Kyrie and Steph Curry, like, it's not fair to 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 you know compare them because Kyrie is like is like Kobe flavored Steph Curry. He's super right, skilled. Exactly. Has all the all the skills of a like him and Steph are very similar skill wise. Kyrie is slightly better athletically. It's like Kyrie is crazy strong. Like that, you look at the guy and you're like, wow, he looks kind of skinny. You know, he's a small he's a small guard and all. That. Kyrie is indescribably hidden strong. I see him stop and put and put you know, bigger players on his back and still be able to rise up and finish his base. What, what, what Kyrie's dad, I think his name is Dred, Dedrick or something like that. Um, put in him is super core strength. That boy didn't miss any days. Um, uh, uh doing crunches or leg lifts or something because he is so strong through the core and through the, the trunks of his legs it allows him to just play ball in other areas that most small guards cannot and um and it's incredible to see but it's that he also has that mamba in him and i i hate that like every time people like you know kind of say it in to honor kobe i always kind of cringe because kobe gave himself that nickname I, I never respected anybody who kind of sat in their house and gave themselves a nickname. It was always very weird for me. But with with um with uh Kyrie, it's he does have that Mamba killer instinct. He does have that um that uh ability to just 
it's not even an ability. It's an edge that he has, and it's a killer's edge. And I know, I know, I'm 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 being flippant with the word killer, considering that there's you know domestic terrorists basically blowing up things and 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 killing people for real. I think I should probably be more sensitive with that word. But the the guy just has a ruthlessness about him, and people were saying that the Knicks are better than the Nets. And that the Nets are just another, this is just another Boston Celtics disaster. And you want to know what? I took that shit personally. I felt, I, I felt very humbled and, and, and small that the Knicks even look somewhat better coached, more focused, more prepared to compete in today's NBA than the Nets. And I wanted a, our team to have a leader who would be willing and who would have that edge on it, you know, that chip on his shoulder and have that edge to him and say, you know what? This is crazy. The Knicks? Are you at your mind? We're the Nets. God damn it. And that's what Kyrie did tonight. He basically was like, you know, fuck it. This is this is what we are. We're not losers. And let's win. And um, I love that from him tonight. Um, let's let's t- let's take a look at what's coming for the Nets. Right tonight, I don't want to just look at tonight in a vacuum. I this is game one of four that we're not going to have Kevin Durant. Right, the next one is super tough. Yep. Uh, you know Thursday night versus Sixers. Huh? Technically, I think best team in basketball right now. They're they're they are six and one. Um, they they do look pretty good. They're big, they play defense, and now they can shoot threes. So um, it's ugly. Uh, I wonder if they'll they'll rest Kyrie for that one and play him for Memphis uh, the game after. I was hoping somehow KD could come back from Memphis or something like that could happen. But uh, if we win one of these games, uh, you know, we would think it was Memphis, but I'm guessing Kyrie's going to try to play uh, versus the Sixers. What, what, uh, let's talk about those two games first of all. Can we yeah. su- can we survive? Can we can we even co- based off what we saw tonight? Can we even compete in either one of those? Yeah, you know it's funny. I think like every team uh, or every fan has teams that they're afraid of and teams that they're not. And I think the Sixers are just a team. Maybe it goes back to the playoff series that I just don't really respect and they also haven't done anything to me for me yet that like says that I should really respect them. Mm. Um, And they have, and they have struggled. Look, I know that they, uh, I know that they've reached, they've reformatted their team in a lot of different ways and they got a new coach. Um, But they have struggled against kind of the, the smaller, quicker teams. Like we've seen the Celtics give them the fits every single year. And so I do think that the, and so I do think that the Nets could use, um, their different smaller guard lineups and like just kind of sacrifice that Embiid is going to uh, going to kill them because he's also a tough matchup for anyone, let alone Jared Allen. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean like, I, so I don't know the Sixers, the Sixers are a team that just doesn't give me the same fear, fear of God, especially without, especially without that, that anchor late in games that they had with Jimmy. That was like the one thing that that always scared me about that team mm. was that there was the one guy that could get their own shot. And I think it's yet to be seen if they're going to, if they're going to have that. Whereas like, I know that at least when they're healthy, not right now, but when the Nets are fully healthy, they have two guys that I'd rather have in there with the ball laid in their hands than the Sixers do. Um, the, that that's true. I look the the Sixers are, have a lot going for them. Yep. And, um, you know, now they can shoot the three a little bit better. I don't think they can shoot the three better than us. I don't think that they're a better offensive team than us. It's just I'm worried about them being able to out-physical us. Now, I'm very interested in that game because I always measure uh, Jared Allen's progress into how he defends uh, Joel Embiid. I'm really upset with this KD thing. I, I do you Do you understand how this works? Like... <laughs> I've done my research on this con- contact tracing thing. I, there's not much out there. What what the hell happened with KD? Like, how did? Why are we losing him for four games? He had COVID, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I guess the deal is, and I honestly don't totally um, understand it. And to be honest, I'm a little uh, coveted out in terms of just reading about. about yeah, I'm, a lot of stuff. I'm so done. Yeah, so, but, but, but I, I, but what I can gather just generally is that it seems like it seems like there was probably someone in his immediate circle who's got it, and and I guess that means that given that there's a long incubation period that he's like, they don't want obviously the, the risk of him spreading it. Right. But, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's definitely a huge bummer. And it honestly shows that the playoffs could be an absolute like nightmare. Cause like, I don't like, I mean, look, I think the, like the NFL seems to be willing to do anything it wants to put players at risk. I think Adam Silver and his deputies care a little bit more about players health, but it, which, definitely. which is great at the same time though. It does mean that like, I don't know what they're going to do if like, uh, a superstar gets COVID or, or he's even just in contact with someone who has COVID. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, it's, it, I mean, look, it, it honestly couldn't have come at a worse time for the Nets given the way that they were playing. But that's why I think today's game against the jazz was, uh, was so important. And it will be interesting as you mentioned, how they kind of use Kyrie given the, uh, given the uh, compressed schedule that we have gone forward. Yeah, I I say protect them at all costs. I mean, right now we're not a playoff team. You know that I, that shouldn't bother me, but it does. Um, I think we should be setting a tone from from right out. If we're one of these great teams, sure, the Miami Heat started out nine and eight. I I don't think that I don't think that we should be nine and eight. I think we should be better than that. I think we should be a better team than that. And I think we have to send some messages. Um, uh, but. I just don't see how we're. I would not play Kyrie back to back. I would not um, force anything to uh, to uh, uh, you know win these games. But I, I just don't want. I just the stink of losing is hard to wash off. And we were looking bad in the in in the town. And I, and um and you know I, I'm I I love giving these Knicks fans. I I mean I hate giving these Knicks fans any bit of uh, satisfaction. And uh, not that I think things will end up like this, but I, I do think they have good things going for them. Um, uh, the the Memphis game, I would, I would rest Kyrie for that one. I would try to see what I could do with Jared Allen and um, in the squad uh, with this rotation that they tried today. I, I think I'd prefer to have Harris over over Brown, but I'm willing to to see how that experiment uh, uh, works out in the coming days. Um, and by the way, the one thing we should mention, uh, just uh, for uh, for all the front office uh, fans, is that so the Sixers do play on Wednesday, so they're going to have their own back to back, and. Uh, and so Wednesday they're going to be home. Thursday they're coming to Brooklyn. So I, it'll be interesting to see uh, if Embiid plays in in both also, because obviously we know that he, uh, he he's typically gotten rested uh, in back to backs. Very but, astute. So 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 I mean that could also play a role. And the good thing is that they play before the Nets do. So we'll have an idea if if Embiid plays Wednesday. I guess it'll we'll see. But I guess if Embiid. I guess it goes both ways, though, because if Embiid doesn't play against the Nets, I don't know if that makes you want to play Kyrie more just to get the win and then sit him in against the Grizzlies, or if that makes you want to play him less. I don't know. No, I, I want to send I want to send Philly the, a message. I want to give him an L. They're six and one. Um, I want to I want to show them what we're about. These are these are teams that we're going to see in the playoffs. We want to send them messages, and I would love to be able to tell them like we slapped you without without Kevin so imagine what we're going to do when we see you in the playoffs with Kevin so um so you know I'm I'm I'd like to see that uh but of course most important protect Kyrie protect Kyrie from himself I know he wants to win I, I see it man the guy the guy has the eye of the tiger <laughs> the stage is working He's involved. He's involved on like a. He's involved in loose balls. Part of what's annoyed me more than anything, honestly, early in the year, is that him and KD have been on the floor more than almost every other guy. Yeah. Like, like, like they're the ones who are, who have gotten their hands dirty more than more than anybody. Which is why I liked that Kyrie. I mean, obviously you're not going to bench Kyrie, but like, it's not like he's 
acting like the superstar that doesn't have anything to prove. Like he's involved on like loose balls, jump balls, like uh, rebounding. He's been active, like tip outs. I mean, he's he's all around. He sure is. Um, look, man, we we're we're um we're very lucky. We have a bonafide superstar, a guy who could could take us to the level to the next level, and most importantly, we have a guy that gives a fuck. And having having a guy that gives a fuck is super important. And, and, and we're not far off of who we're supposed to be. You know, right now, we're the fourth best offense in the league. I think we could be so much better than what we've been. Um, yep. uh, you know, we're just starting to oil up the, the, the machine. Yes, the Hawks are above us. The Wizards, strangely, are above us in, 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 in points per game. And, and the Milwaukee Bucks are above us. Um and the Lakers are below us, so so uh, we're we're in the top five in offense. We're in the bottom categories of the things that we thought we, we we'd see, but like I said, we could, you know, as using this game as a microcosm, we can be feel better that we have a coach that will change it. We have a coach that's not going to be tone deaf and be like, "Well, this is this is what I run. This is who this is who I play. This is how I'm going to go." And wait until he's you know nine nine and twenty two to make a change, right? You know, this team needed to change. What they were doing wasn't working. It like, you know, people who know basketball were laughing at this concept that DeAndre Jordan should should start, and just because Jared Allen would finish games, that's not the way basketball works. You you start your best players be because they're your best players and um and deandre jordan looks you know looked pretty good tonight but he's but it's very obvious he's not deandre jordan that we know he's baked goods right now but uh the team is where it needs to be if 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 they're sensible if they understand that that small ball is okay but but we have to evolve from the small ball that we're used to we're gonna be fine, man, and I'm really happy with what they with what they did tonight. Let's do our three things and 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 get up out of here. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm gonna start with this because you know what I'll end with it because I think it's the most important thing. So we'll end with the player that put his most uh put you know most typified this game. Give me a stat that you're looking at right now from this game that 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 told the story. So there's a lot of different ones to go around. I guess that's what happens when uh, when your team actually has an amazing game. Um, you know, I'm probably going to just go with the fact that uh, that the Nets out-assisted the Jazz 31-17, to mm-hmm. um, which to me like was they, – they were very due for just kind of better ball movement. They only had 12 turnovers, which like for them is like nothing given the way that they've been handling the ball. And so I think that assist to turnover differential that widened a lot in this game is kind of – is the difference. And it was nice to see. I just thought the ball movement was just way, way better. Even on plays that didn't lead to made shots, I just thought the looks they were getting were more – typical of what I thought would be running a in a Nash offense. How about you? I I for me it was a series of plays and I know that's kind of making it cheap, but it just goes to show how important uh Jeff Green was to this game and you can't see it in the stats. <coughs> um I at around 11 minutes uh, uh Bruce Brown turned the ball over. Uh they had a uh, a fast break and Mitchell drove to, into the lane, and he missed the shot. It wasn't really that Jared Allen changed the shot. It was that Jeff Green changed the shot. Then Gobert tipped it up and tried to put it back in, but just because Jared Allen came from the weak side, this was a, with, with about 11 minutes in. If you if you DVR'd, you can go back to it. It's, it's such a pivotal moment in the game for me. But Gobert, Gobert tried to tip it in, but there was just enough size and and uh, uh, friction there that he missed that tip in. Jarrett rebounds it, and it leads to uh, a floating um, 
a jump shot on the break from from um, from uh, uh, Kyrie. Those plays are why you need a front court in today's NBA. You have players that are coming downhill at you at all times. You have the the Donovan Mitchells that if you don't have the the proper front court, if you don't have the size to match up with these teams, um, uh, you're going to get killed. Now, Utah is not that big. Utah plays with a small but big power forward. And, um, and Royce and, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a giant fan. He's, he's like, I call him, I call him, um, I call him, um, uh, uh, a Chinatown, uh, I call him, uh, Chinatown, um, uh, why am I drawing the blank for, for homie from, um, Houston, Chinatown PJ Tucker, excuse me. (laughs) So, um, he is a, he's a cheap knockoff of peach of PJ Tucker, but, He's he's really really good. Small uh, a small power forward, but plays the position the way it needs to be played. Um, um, but still, he's he's you know, I wouldn't say he's the uh, a litmus test. We're gonna see more of this uh, coming up, but you know, just having that uh, just enough guys with size to just gunk up the works is kind of what set this game in the in in the direction that it would uh, eventually go into, and those. For me, I think those plays were, were very, very telling. Um, give me your stat. Um, so, oh, sorry. So, I think I, I think I flipped up on you. My stat was, uh, was, was the assistant turnovers uh, difference. My, uh, my, and I'll, so I'll give my play now because and I'm. I'll, uh, I'll give my stat. Let me give my stat, and then you can just yeah, give your no. play. So I, I and I might have flipped it around too. So I, I we'll we'll have to go back and listen to the tape and see who screwed that up. But, um, uh, my, my look, man. Tonight I feel like I feel like I don't want to make too again. It's not like we we killed them on the boards, right? But we competed tonight. We had fifty one rebounds. That's a huge difference, especially against a good rebounding team that only had 42. So for me tonight, the ability, again, I think having just being a little bit bigger, just being able to make the plays a little bit, you know, know, it's not like Jeff Green did amazing. He got five rebounds, but Jeff Green being there allowed Jared Allen to get 18 rebounds. So... Jazz leadership there, us out rebounding a, a team when we've been out rebounded the last few games that we've lost. I think that's a that's a that's a turnaround in itself. And uh, uh, the stat I would hang my hat on. Now, are you doing the play or are you doing? <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah, I'm doing the play. So my so my play, which uh, isn't even, it's going to be plays and basically, and I'm going to make it short and sweet because we've hit on it. Mm-hmm. I thought. And you said this more eloquently than I did. I thought, I thought Kyrie's first four minutes of today's game was like mm. the best I've seen of a Nets player in yeah. like, I don't, I like, I don't even know how long. It was just, it was, it was insane. It reminded it. The only thing I could think of is kind of those moments when D'Lo was on fire and and uh, and you could tell that he was he was starting to cook. But this is just at a, a different level. Um, and it's super fun. And more importantly, I think it provides legitimacy to the franchise. Because it's those moments where a lot of teams would kind of cave, and he was just like, "No, that's not like what we do here. I want a title, you know. I have, I got the Duke pedigree. Like that's that's not what winners do." Don't don't, don't mention that one. Don't mention that. We don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's a winner, man. Like I, I I I was so impressed, man. I can't I can't say it enough. And that's that's why for me tonight he's my he's the player that just put this that most typified this game. Now, I, I want to shout out Coach Marks. I mean, excuse me, Coach Marks. <laughs> but uh, I want to shout out uh, head coach Nash, who told Coach Marks to take his small ball and, and shove it up his ass. Complete conjecture. I don't know this for a fact. But um, I'm very happy with what he did tonight and being able to just – because 
I, I don't think I don't think people get enough credit for being able to admit when you're wrong. When you're wrong, just admit you're wrong. Like I I I find that as as something with Nets Twitter. Like I get stuff wrong all the time. People want to crush you for being wrong, but I'd I'd rather share the information and chop it up and 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 have the discourse and talk hoop with people and be wrong than then be right every time and every time i put something up it's it's just i'm right i'm right i'm right i'm right now i i will remind you um when you say insulting things to me and i i'm right later on i love to i love to go back and show the receipts but at the same time it's when i'm wrong the humility in being wrong is important too and and a lot of us got it wrong a lot of us, a lot of us were looking at this whole thing wrong and the, the Nets got it wrong. And I'm so happy to have a, uh, a head coach that has the ability and the ability to look himself in the mirror and say, you know what? I need to change it. We can't keep doing the same thing. That's, that's, that's insanity. And he changed it. I would like to have given it to him tonight, but no, nah, I'm giving it to Kyrie. Kyrie, he just, he, he, he's. He's the freaking man. He's he's basketball Basquiat. Those jerseys fit him. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm I'm uh, like I said, I'm proud to be a, a. He makes me proud to be a Nets fan. Um, great job tonight, um, Kyrie. One troubling thing was that, and that's that just it kind of shows how good he was tonight. He got zero free throws. Yeah, he doesn't get too – it's bizarre. He doesn't really get calls on any of his drives, which I don't totally understand. I think – I don't think he acts that much, which like, which is kind of funny because I always felt like in Cleveland he did a lot, but – He's – I think he's – I think he's shying away from uh, uh, getting hit. I'm fine with that even though, you know, people were supposed to say the reason why he's so much better than D'Lo is because – he can he can get he can get four fouls uh four trips to the free throw line a game and I'm like it, neither one I don't care about the free throws if you're getting buckets um but nonetheless I, I I think he you know free throws or not the kid is incredible who who's your guy yeah I mean it would be repetitive for me to say Kyrie so I'm just gonna say in short that uh. Sean Marks better get prepared to uh, open up Josiah's uh, checkbook because, I mean, Jared Allen, the amount of plays he had just totally annihilating Rudy was big, was huge. And I look, oh I've never been a big Rudy fan, but, I mean, Jared just showed his uh, his worth to the Nets, and it's it's become very clear, and I think we were honestly the first pod to say this. I think it's beyond clear he's the third most important guy on this team, and it's like – and and there and there's becoming a bigger and bigger gap because he is just he's a defensive anchor he's like offensively all over the boards he's he's Mister Consistent I don't know no um you know Utah needs Rudy Gobert to be one or two best player on their team on a night to night basis um uh, I I didn't get to 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 say Mike Conley sucks and every Net fan that said we should trade. Uh, Karis and and Dinwiddie for Mike Conley. I I hope you're embarrassed. I hope you delete your Twitter account. Nah, some of you are cool, but a, there was a lot of people saying that Mike Conley, you know, who probably has one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Uh, we should have traded for him. And how good? And there was a few people who said, "Yeah, why don't we try to get Mike Conley now? He'd be great. He'd a, de- a defensive point guard next to Kyrie." Uh, I'm fine with Bruce Brown. <laughs> I said, this guy Mike Conley man for, for the amount of money he's making and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it he deserves it for his early years but geez he's not the third best player if he's your third best player you've got problems um, yep. going, um, uh, uh, you know we wiped him away and Donovan Mitchell didn't really start getting busy until uh, until after but uh, uh, look man you're right, Jared Allen. He, this is again. We we have to we have to remember this. He's younger than Obi Toppin. <laughs> you, do you understand what I'm saying? That's how young this kid is. We've been seeing him for a lot of years. 
We know him. We take him for granted. But this kid plays the most physical position in in the NBA. And he's 22 years old, getting 19 and 18 against Rudy Gobert. He, I, that's a pretty good choice, Sam. You want to say anything else about him? <laughs> Before no, I, I mean, I no, I like, he, look, we're, we'll end up doing a, it, once, once this podcast becomes even more prime time and we get our own interns and stuff like that, we'll have, we'll, we'll need someone to tally who's been player of the game the most times. And it's good. It's Jared Allen has, has the front office's heart big time right now. Nah, man, I, I, I just think he's not, he's, you don't need all glamour players. Yep. Right? You don't you don't need basketball is so generational and different. Let let me tell you where basketball started, Sam. <laughs> and and maybe uh your grandpa might 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 know this and might uh appreciate me knowing this. I'm from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, if you've lived there long enough, You've gone through different periods of times. Well, like my neighbors now are Jewish, but my neighbor now is is a uh, a hedge fund uh, a manager who basically rents out the the three other floors of his brownstone and lives by himself <laughs> in in the top floor. He loves basketball in a very different way from probably his grandfather who loved basketball that played basketball in the Catskills. And New York City uh, would, you know, in some, I mean, go up to the Catskills from New York City and play tournament basketball that was so competitive that they would bring down real NBA players to join their teams and compete. Basketball is New York City's sport. And, and to imagine that the beginning of the NBA was, you know, a bunch of, you know, white guys from Indiana and Jewish guys from New York. That's that's the truth. The culture changed. And then in the 70s, you know, uh, because it was such a city game, because you could put it on every court, because you could put it on every corner um, in New York City and it was a cheap game, you had a ball you could play. Um, you know, a lot of, of, of poor kids, a lot of people from, you know, working class families like the, the Larry Birds and... and the, the Magic Johnsons started playing this sport and it created another culture. Now, the culture of basketball is way different than when even the Allen Iverson era. The Allen Iverson era was really more like kids, still kids from the hood who were using basketball as a way out. These new basketball players, this new generation of basketball is all affluent kids. It's the sons of LeBron and the sons of former NBA players and the sons of 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 hedge fund bankers, <laughs> um, uh, you know, you know, who 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 have these coaches and 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 are being raised playing basketball. You're going to see more Jared Allens than you see Allen Iversons. This is a new day. This is a new culture, a new a, a, a new group. Not to say that. You're not going to still get kids, poor kids from the hood playing basketball. But nowadays you're seeing AAU kids who have the parents who have the money to let them travel and play ball. This is a complete, like, kids like my son. My son has had a private coach for a while. And he doesn't take it for, he takes it all for granted and doesn't care. But those are the type (laughs) of kids that are going to make it to the league now. And we can't fetishize over, you know, why isn't he like Bam? Bam comes from a smart family, too. He it, he just maybe looks a little bit, you know, more... Uh, I don't want to show my age here, but I, I think some people are looking for, like, this hip-hop archetype when they when they think of players, and, and that's not the reality anymore. These players come from diverse backgrounds. This kid, Jared Allen's parents were 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 um, professional basketball players and they grew up they basically were able to take that lifestyle to have an upper middle class lifestyle in Texas. He's not a kid from the hood. He's not going to be breathing fire every time he dunks the ball. He's not going to have a catchy uh uh nickname. He's Jared Allen. He's Big J. He's our guy. 
let's appreciate him, man. And he was, you know, I'm so happy to see him starting. I'm so happy to have a coach that's not going to try to, my way or the highway, we're just going to. No, he, 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 no, you're right. he took DeAndre Jordan out, and I really appreciate that, man. Great game tonight, um, Sam. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm excited about the next about the next three. Now that they've gone one without KD, I'm you know it's it's nice. We'll see, we'll see, we'll, we'll see where it goes Very from here. Nice. Look, I don't want, my my goal going into it was two and two. So I, a lot of Nets fans were praying for just one and three, which I thought would have still been unacceptable. But we'll uh, no, we'll see. It's not, and you know what? It's not acceptable to me. It's not acceptable to you. But most importantly, it's not acceptable to Kyrie Irving. No, he's not letting that happen. Kyrie Irving, the front office says. <laughs> so, man, we'll do this again after the next game. I'm feeling good. I'm pumped. Happy to have a oh. win. Uh, uh, any last words, Sam? No, that's no, that's it. Let's ride the momentum. Let's go. Let's go, New York City's. This has been the front office. I'm Eve Darboos. This is my partner Samuel Lachow. And as always, New York City. Let's do it again after the next game. Peace, everybody. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.